God. Amen, church. Amen. Well, glory to God, it's what, a pre, uh, what a privilege it is here to be up in Dairy City again, amen. That's a, uh, what an, what, like Kimberly said, what an honor it is to come up into the Northwest and begin to, to teach and preach the Word of God, amen. Start fulfilling some of the things that God has asked us to do. But I tell you, church, I have some great expectations, amen, of what the Lord is going to do up in this, in this city. I mean, every, every time we drive up here, we get up and we see, you see that horizon when we're coming from the south side. And you start seeing the river expanding. And you start seeing that, I don't know what steeple that is, but you can start seeing a church off in the distance. And, and I tell, every time we drive up here, it's like I start getting a, like a little antsy things kind of going all in my spirit. Because I'm telling you, the Lord is excited, amen, about what's going to happen up in this area. Not, not just with us, but I'm telling you, with what what's going to happen up in this whole area, this, this Northwest. God is desiring to bring something strong, something powerful. He's desiring to bring a weight into this area, amen, to bring some freedom, amen. Does anyone want some freedom in this area? Because I'm telling you, this, is, this is, has to be our desire's heart. This has to be what we are seeking after, amen. And, I, and I'm so thankful that he has, he has called us, he's allowed us to come up here and participate with it. Amen. We, we get to participate. Amen. Although it can be sometimes an absolute pain to travel two hours after we already did a service in the morning to come up here. I, I'm telling you, it's absolutely amazing that we get to participate with the Word of God. I'm so thankful for His grace. I'm thankful for the things that He's, he's pouring out. I'm thankful for the beginnings of a strong local church. Amen. A strong local church, not a weak local church, not a community church. Amen. But a strong local church. Amen. A strong local church that flows in the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, this, this is the call that God has placed upon Kimberly and me. You know, we talked about we were missionaries, been missionaries for five years coming over here from the U.S. You know, the mission God has given us as missionaries is to plant strong local churches that flow in the Holy Ghost. Brother Hagen's talked about this for decades and decades and decades. This is what God's been desiring to do for, for ages now. Build what? Strong local churches. It doesn't have to be mega churches. They don't have to be strong churches. This has to be a group of people, a strong body of people coming together, putting their faith in the word of God, allowing the spirit of God to move, representing the kingdom of God, changing the culture in a city. And this, this is what God's calling us to do. Not, not just us. I'm telling you, this is what he's called John to do. This is what he's called Melvin to do. This is what he's called Cynthia to do. This is what he's called you to do, Wallace. This is what he's called every man and woman that is in, in the you know, ears uh, distance of, of hearing the things that I'm saying right now. He's calling you. Amen. Step into that call. Step into what God has for each and every one of us. It's time to get serious. Amen. It's time to grab a hold of what God has for us and be able to or begin to walk into the, into the fullness of God. This is what he's calling us to do, church. We, we have got to take ownership of it. Amen. We have got to take ownership in the day and the age that we're living in. We better take ownership of it. Amen. Our job is to snatch as many people out of the pit of hell, out of that broad path as we can. And I'm telling you, it can't just take one person from the pulpit doing it. Amen. It takes one person from a pulpit training up a group of people to where they get out and snatch them out of the place. Amen. How many of y'all know what a church is actually designed for? 
I mean, it's not, it's not designed to, to build a pastor's kingdom. It's not a place that's designed to, to be the cool person to where you can be on Vogue magazine and have a blog about how cool you dress. That's, that's not what about being a leader of the church is. About being a leader of the church is, is to train up people so they can go outside the four walls of the church, get their families saved, get their neighbors saved, get people saved that come into contact, lay hands on the sick and watch people recover, and then bring them up in the place where they can get trained up to do it too. I mean, this is what the body of Christ is for. And thank God we get to participate with it. Amen. Thank God he chose you. He chose you to participate with him. Amen. Amen. What is that? In training up a generation that's releasing the kingdom of God. Amen. To train up a generation to release the kingdom of God here on this earth. And I'm telling you, on this island with all tents and purposes, I'm telling you, to a place that's dead when it comes to the move of God. I mean, this place wasn't always like that. It got a nickname for, for the land of, of saints and scholars for a reason. For a reason. Amen? But, it, but it's not that place anymore. Amen? That's why God is sitting you in these seats. That's why God's called you to this land. That's why you were born in this time, for a, in this place for a time such as this. I mean, God is putting his trust in us as the church, our trust in us as the body of Christ, amen, to do everything that he has called us to do and not fail in it, but be absolutely victorious in everything that we put our hands to, amen. I'm telling you, church, I have good news for each and every one of you. Amen. Revival just stepped into Derry City. Amen. Revival stepped in to this land when we step into this land. It's not because of how great we are, but it's what we carry on the inside of us. How many of you know that each and every one of you carry the seed of revival on the inside of you? See, it's not something you have to go begging God for. Oh, God, please pour out revival. God, please pour it down. No, no, no. It's already on the inside of you. It's, he's saying, he's saying, tomorrow, please release it. He said, please release it. Release what's on the inside of you. Release the kingdom of God that I've placed on the inside of you so you can actually change and influence the people around you. It's here. It's in you. It's in you. Amen. How do we know, how do we know these things are here? Because we stepped in here. We stepped in the room. Amen. Revival comes when we step into the room. Glory to God. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for those wee little ones. Amen. Glory to God. That's the next generation of Jesus tarries not to, not to come back in the next week or the next month or the next 20 years. I'm telling you, that's the next generation that's going to be bringing forth what we have on the inside of his church. We better be teaching them. We better be raising them up in a, in a, in a godly family. We better be raising them up in the presence of the Holy Ghost, amen, to where, to where what we are establishing doesn't, doesn't dwindle off. It begins to go generation to generation to generation, that there becomes a generational legacy for what God has put on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. John Wesley, famous preacher, the Methodist denomination, preached all over this place, all over, all over this island. Yeah, he made, a, he made an amazing statement. He says, he says, light yourself, light yourself on fire with passion. He says, look, guys, just light yourself on fire with passion and people will come and watch you burn. Amen. Light yourself on fire with a passion for the things of God. 
Amen. And people will come and want to get around you. They want to hear you. They want to check out. It's like, what, what is up with those people? What, what, what do they have? And they'll desire to come because you'll have a flame burning on the inside of you. And they'll want to be near you. They'll want to rub shoulders with you. They want to pay attention to the things that are coming on your mouth. But listen, church, you've got to have a passion. You know, I'm not talking about a passion for Facebook. I'm not talking about a passion for Netflix and what's the new series coming on. I'm, not, I'm talking about a passion for the Word of God, a passion for the kingdom, a passion to fulfill a race, amen, the race that, that the Lord has called each and every one of us to do, amen, and to participate in, amen. You know, I find it crazy. It's, it's very similar like when I walked into Dundalk. You know, I've, we've been up here for, for two weeks now, amen. And, you know, of course, we've been praying and coming up here and doing different things. But, but just like in Dundalk, I was walking around and, you know, people found we're planting a church and all these kind of things. And they're like, they're like man, you know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, Dundalk really needs a strong local church. That's, that's, that's great. We're glad you're coming up here. But, you know, I don't, you know, people in Dundalk won't come. They won't come. They're too offended. You know, they're too this, they're too that, they're too offended. I'm telling you, we, we've been out on the streets for two weeks here, and I'm already hearing the same thing. You know, oh, man, the glory to God, there's going to be a strong local church up in Derry City. But, you know, pe- people aren't going to come. You know, you know, you may get people from the outside, but people from Derry City won't come. They're, they're too political. They're too caught up in religion. They're too offended at the things that have gone. I'm telling you, I rebuke those things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just as we got a strong local church down there in Dundalk that is absolutely lit on fire. Church, the same thing will come here. Why? Because Jesus said to do these things. Jesus said to plant his church. Jesus said to go forth and do the things that he's calling us to do. And he's the one that is responsible for building these things. Glory to God, we don't have to do it. Church, we don't have to listen. We don't have to trust in people's opinions. Amen. We trust in the word. Amen. We trust in the leading of God. We trust in that rhema thing. He speaks right into our heart. And we got to grab a hold of that white knucklet and never let it go. Church, I'm telling you, you will begin to see fruit come off of these things. See, this, is what, this is what Jesus was talking about in Matthew. Amen. Matthew uh, 16. When, when he's sitting there, he's talking to the lads there. He's talking to his crew. He comes up and he says, he goes, hey, man, who, who do people say that I am? They said, wow, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist, some say one of the other prophets. So, you know, someone say, he goes, oh, no, 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 who do you say that I am? And the bold one piped up and said, you are the Christ, you are the anointed one, you are the son of God. And he says, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. He goes, my father revealed that to you. My father revealed those things to you. And I say unto you, Peter, I, I say unto you, little stone, amen, upon this rock, upon this rock of Gibraltar, not, not the little stone of Peter, I mean, but, the, but this rock, this rock of revelation you just delivered that I am the Christ, I am the son of the living God. He says, I will build my church upon that revelation. He says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm telling you, there is no gates of hell, there's no demon, there's no devil that can come against anything that God has placed in your heart to do. He can't do it. Jesus is going to build his church. Amen? we got to release that responsibility unto him and allow him to build the church. Not just the physical church. Thank you, Lord, I'll say that. Not just the physical church. Man, he's wanting to build you. 
He's wanting to build you individually. He's wanting to build you into that, that, that strong thumb that can participate with the body. He's wanting to, to build you into that hand and that toe, that elbow, that knee. He's, want, he's wanting to place you into the body of Christ and fulfill everything that he's called you to do. He says, I'm going to build you in these things. He goes, listen, Satan, he can't stop you. No, no devil in hell is going to stop you. No disease, no sickness is going to stop you. Poverty is not going to stop you because I am planted you. I am placing you in this, and nothing is going to prevail against you. I mean, glory to God, church. Glory to God. I'm telling you, we got a good God. We have a good God. But listen, I'll mention this. For anyone that's in this room, anyone that's going to be listening on podcast. I'll tell you, keep this city in prayer. Keep this great Northwest in prayer. Keep this church in prayer. Keep, keep the people of this area in prayer. Why? So, so that God can draw people and that cultivated hearts. Amen. Can get, can get, you know, God can go through and he can change. He can rip up the soil and get these things cultivated. Amen. To where he can receive the word. He can receive the word sown on the streets as these girls are out giving out tracts, sowing to people, trying to talk to people, trying to, trying to let, let people know what God's trying to do in this land. Amen. That, that they can receive these things. Amen. And that, and then, and that God, glory to God, that he can stretch forth his hand. Amen. That he can stretch forth his hand to heal and that signs and wonders will be manifest through his holy child, Jesus. Amen? But we got to keep these things in prayer. We, we got to believe. See, this, we, we got to do something about it. Amen? Yeah, Jesus will build his church, but we got to participate with him. I mean, I know we're co-heirs and co-laborers with him. Amen? We got to do our part as well. We need to get on the ball and get with it. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, and let me read through verses uh, 1 through 3 here. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance of dead works, of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, on the laying on of hands, or the resurrection of the dead, and of the eternal judgment. I like it how it says there in the Amplified. It says, let us let's get past the elementary stage in the teachings of the doctrine of Christ. Let us get, let's get past these things. That the Amplified calls them the elementary doctrines of Christ. Now, why is that? Because every baby in the Christ, every baby in Christ, every baby that's in him, everyone that just gets saved, amen, we ought to have these things stamped on the inside of us. We ought to have them settled. We ought to have a foundation laid of these six principles, these six doctrines right here to where we can build something strong on the backside of it, amen. Amen. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the problem is with the body of Christ. Amen. But it seems like there's a lot of confusion regarding most of these doctrines, especially when we get into where it says baptisms. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. There's more than one baptism. Amen. But we got, we got to learn these things. We need to allow these things to get settled. I don't, I don't know if it's people that have dull ears and they aren't listening, or we got preachers that don't desire to preach the basics of the things of God. Amen. I'll say, I'll, I'll, I will put the blame or the responsibility on leadership. Amen. Because if leadership will begin to teach the word of God and not some feel good message. Amen. Then actually you'll see people start to, to grow. They'll grow up out of babies. They'll grow into adolescents. And then you'll see those adolescents. They'll grow up into mature, mature spirit of God, spirit led, you know, men and women of God that can hear from God and do the directions that he's asking them to do. Amen. But we got to be taught these things. We have to have a strong foundation to build on, you know, Brother Hagin. 
Brother Hagen, years ago in a minister's conference, he, he he's, you know, stood up to the pulpit. He got thousands of pastors, thousands of different uh, ministers sitting out there. And he says, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. So the Holy Ghost said that we need to start talking about the elementary doctrines of Christ to a bunch of preachers, to a bunch of leaders in the kingdom. We need to start ministering on the doctrines of Christ because many of us don't have these things established. Amen. And we're going to preach. We're going to teach these things. And he encouraged you to say, go over these things, you know, every once in a while. Go over them every year. Go over them every year and a half. Why? So we can make sure that everyone is on the same page and we can build our foundation from there. Amen. Listen, guys, you may have heard some of these things before. You may have not heard them. Glory to God. It really doesn't matter if you, if you have heard them. Allow it, to, allow it to strengthen your foundation. If you don't, allow it to build a foundation that, as we said earlier in the other service, so we can begin to build vertically. Amen. We can start understanding holiness, how, how God's already placed that in us, how he's already made us holy. We can begin to operate in the leading of the Spirit of God. We can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. We can operate in healing. We can operate in everything that God has placed in us as being the resurrected sons of God. Amen. Listen, church, if you have heard these things, glory to God. Glory to God. You know, how many of you guys would have been pleased if you went to go to your driving instructor before you got your your driving license over here? And they took you one little test drive around town, one little test drive, you know, went over a couple things in the little book that they give you and said, all right, I'm going to take you over. Now go spend your 100 euro or however much it is to take that test. Go ahead and go ahead and take care of that. You'd say, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm not not ready to take that test yet. I'm not not ready to go out and do these things. I'm not ready to do that. Why? Because you haven't been trained up. The foundation hadn't been set on the inside of you. Amen. What's going to end up happening? You'll, you'll end up driving out there by yourself, maybe, maybe kill yourself or kill someone else. I'm telling you, church, when we don't have foundations set on the inside of us and we start spewing things that are outside of God, outside just because you, we've, we've heard someone, we're regurgitating what they're having to say. Listen, church, I'm telling you, it can kill you. It can, it can kill you, and maybe not just kill you, it may kill people you come in contact with. I'm telling you if, you, don't, if you can't believe in healing, if you can't believe in the healing anointing that God has placed on the inside of your church, I'm telling you, you're walking on the line of death. Amen? Because see, his anointing on the inside is what can push those things back. It's what makes a miracle come back. It's what allows us to walk in divine health. Amen? But we have to have that, they have to have that foundation set where we can believe on these things and operate in them and everything that we do. You know, this is a little side note here, because I always like to tell this little story every time I think about it over here at the driving test. Two, well, I'll give you two parts of it. Firstly, when we're over here, you know, we, me, me and my wife had a great competition on who would do better on the test. I just want to let you know who did better. It was me. Amen. <laughs> I only missed, like, I had like two or three points taken off mine, and she had one more, I think, than I did. Amen. But glory to God, I was the champion. But number two, you know, we had people when we, when we first started coming over here, because there's a few missionaries around here in Ireland, and, and we, had, we, had this, we had this couple that was, that was talking to us like, man, the, the driving test is so difficult in Ireland. Now, I look at my son right now. He's 14 years old now. They let us start driving in the U.S. at 16 years old. I look at him. I'm saying, Praise the Lord, we're in Ireland. I could not imagine two years putting that, that, that young man right there behind a wheel. Thank God we're over here because he'd be very disappointed when I said, 
no. You know, you're, you're not ready for these things, amen. I can't believe my parents put me in a car at 16. Good <laughs> Lord. You know, but I've been driving 22 years before I came over here and took the test, amen. And, and it was and it still had me stressed out. I mean, good <laughs> night. You know, I mean, it's crazy. But these guys, these ministers told me, they're like, they're like it's the hardest test in the world. I failed it twice. I passed it on my third time. This is a guy that's been driving for 15 years, mind you. 15 years in the U.S. and couldn't pass the test. Twice he failed it, passed it on the third go. I'm telling you, there's some intimidation on the drive. I don't know if it's that hard up here in the north. I'm telling you, in the south, whoo, glory to God. I'm telling you, you better be on point. You better be on point. Anyhow, it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Amen. When you, anytime you see therefore in the word, you need to go to the preceding verses and see what it's there for. I mean, what is this verse there for? Why is he starting to talk about these? Well, let's, let's bounce on back to the previous chapter into maybe we'll start around verse 5 here. And it says, it says, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he said unto him, you are a son. Today I have begotten you. And he said in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. He said in verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications or petitions with, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard, and that he feared. You know, what's this saying? The, the great honor that Jesus had, even for his father himself, when he was lifting up these prayers of petition, amen? You see, listen, Jesus had a choice to honor the father or not, amen? Now, he walked in perfection down here, but he did it by choice, amen? So he was walking in the same type of bodies we're walking in. He was, he was under the same influences we are here down. He, he had the choice where either I'm going to honor God or I'm not. See, this is what happened in the wilderness. This is what happened in the temptation when the Holy Ghost led him after, after he just got baptized in the Holy Ghost and he got confronted with the adversary after 40 days of fasting when, when Satan came. See, these were temptations. People say, no, you can't tip Satan. No, uh, Jesus, no, these were temptations, that Jesus had, it was tempting him in his pride, tempting him in his calling, tempting him that, that, that God would provide for him. I mean, they were temptations, amen, that he, that he had to deal with himself, amen. But see, he honored God. He, he respected God. He, he knew who his father was. He knew who he was, amen. And God fulfilled anything that he asked for him. In verse 8 it says, and they, uh, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. It says, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Now listen, Jesus is no stranger to suffering. He's no stranger to, to problems here on this earth. He's no stranger to the adversary getting in his face and him having to, and having to put his hand back and, and rebuke him, saying, it is written. He's no, he's no stranger to these things. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 4.15 says, for we, for we have not a high priest, amen, that cannot be touched, that he can't be... They can't sympathize, amen, with our own feelings of infirmities or of our own weaknesses that we have. In all points, he was tempted just like we are, except he was in perfection, except he sinned not. 
Amen. Jesus had the same type of stuff that we we're dealing with. He just sin, did sin. Did he have to deal with sickness? He just didn't yield to it. Amen. Sickness had no power over him. Did he have to yield unto poverty? Yet yeah, no. Now that temptation came to him, but he, he didn't yield unto these things. I mean, he he walked in power and was provided by everything, every petition. He yielded up. He lifted up to the Father was provided for him. Amen. Not that he didn't have the temptation coming his way. Amen. Not that he didn't have the temptation coming his way. He just did not yield into it. Amen. Now listen. Don't make this verse say something that it doesn't say. Amen. Don't make this verse say something that it doesn't say that God was trying to bring some suffering to Jesus so that he could force him to be obedient. I'm telling you, that's absolute rubbish doctrine. That's rubbish doctrine. I'm telling you, I wouldn't teach my son that, you know, don't go put your, fi- your hand in the fireplace because it, that fire is hot. You know, well, what is hot? Well, let me stick your hand in that fire and I'm going to tell you what, I'll show you what hot feels like. Amen. That's not how I would teach my son. I mean, it's not how any, any, any human, you know, that has, that's in their right mind would teach their children. We don't teach now. I'm telling you, God wouldn't do the same things to us either. He doesn't pour out suffering on us to, to build us up and make us strong. Amen. No, no, he gives us the exit is what Second Corinthians chapter 10 says. He provides the exit for us. Amen. He provides us the power of the Holy Ghost. He provides us words. He provides us leading and direction. He doesn't put us into those places. He gets us delivered from them. Amen. He gets us delivered from him. And James uh, 1.13 says, Don't you ever, <laughs> don't you ever say you're a tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt any other man. He says, Don't you dare say when some temptation comes upon you that God is the one pouring this temptation, trying to build me up, trying to strengthen me. Amen. He's pouring out sickness upon me, trying to teach me something so I can suffer for Jesus. Now, God, God can't be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt any man. Amen. Full stop. Full stop. We need to grab a hold of this revelation. Amen. Let's, okay, Lord, let, let's go over there just for one second. In James. In James 1. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt any uh, any man. But every man, when he is tempted, he is drawn away by his own lusts. And he is is enticed. Amen. By by what's on the inside of him. If you're you're yielding unto sin, it's because of your own lusts. It has nothing to do with the Father. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do to do with the Holy Ghost. Now let me, now you don't have to turn here if you, if you want, you can, but let's go to Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I just want to, I just want to point something out here to you. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 9 here, it says, For God hath not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It says, God has not appointed us unto wrath. Who's that talking to? Church, this is talking to you. Amen. This is, this is the first Thessalonians. Jesus is talking to the church here. He says, God has not appointed us under wrath, but to obtain salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen in the Amplified. It says, for God has not appointed us to incur his wrath. He did not select us to condemn us. He didn't select us. He didn't choose you for his salvation so that he could condemn you in his wrath. That is not who our God is. Amen. Now in, um, what is that other one, Lord? In Lamentations 3, 33. Just right after Jeremiah. Right after Jeremiah. 
in Lamentations 3. You need to write these verses down and you need to grab a hold of these things. This will, this will deliver you. Amen. In Lamentations 3.33 it says, For he doth not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men. The Amplified says, For he does not willingly from a heart afflict or grieve the children of men. Why? Because it's not the nature of our God. This is not the nature of our God. He doesn't afflict us. He doesn't pour out wrath on us. He doesn't pour out sickness and disease upon us. Listen, church, when you get saved, when you get reborn, you get filled up with the Holy Ghost, you need to understand something, that the same temptations that come upon us now are not the same temptations that they were in the past. Amen. A temptation to the Christian is not, do, should I be a drunk or should I not be a drunk? That should not be a temptation to the Christian. Should I be an addict or should I not be an addict? That is not a temptation to the Christian. Shall I be walking in adultery or shall I not be walking in adultery? That is not a temptation under the Christian. What is the temptation under the Christian? It's to doubt what the word of God says. It's to doubt what Jesus has said. It is to doubt anything that the word has spoken to us, amen, that you are the healed of God, that I got a plan for you, that I got a call and a destiny for your life, that I will provide an exit for you, that I want, I want to prosper you in everything that you do. I want you to get people saved. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to do these things. For us to have any doubt coming to our, that, that's the temptation we got to deal with, amen. That's the temptation that we need to push off, say, no, 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 devil. It is written that my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No, devil. It is written by every stripe that he has taken, I am healed. No, devil. It is written. He sent his word to heal us and deliver us from all of our destructions. No, devil. We don't play those games with you. Every time you talk to me, you're going to get the hand for it is written. It is written. It is written. Amen. It is written. Glory to God. Glory to God. Back into Hebrews chapter 5. Verse were we on here. Verse 8 says, Though he were a son, yet he learned, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Amen. Just as my beautiful wife was talking about this in this morning service, you know, what, what, what is this actually speaking to when a mountain got put in his path, amen? He learned as he pushed through it, amen? As he learned, as he spoke to those mountains, they began to move. As the Holy Ghost led him to go up that mountain, and he, and he had, you know, the struggle to get up, and he learned from those things. As he learned to dig a hole through that mountain, he learned from those things. He learned from, for, to get the mountain out of the way, not because because God was putting it upon him. Amen. He was rebuking. He was, he was uh, not allowing these temptations to come to him. He says, and he being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. Unto all them that obey him. Amen. Being proven perfect. I love that. Being proven perfect from every trial that he went through from every attack that the adversary had for him, being, being proven perfect, being proven mature, being proven to be led by the Spirit of God in everything that he came to it, it says that he was without fault. He was without fault, and these trials gave him to be the author of salvation to all men. You know, the cool thing about the Greek word in all, you know what it means in the Greek? It means all. It means everyone. I mean, it means anyone. Any, this salvation's been poured out for all of humanity. It's been poured out for everyone. All you got to do is receive it. 
All you got to do is take a hold of it. All you got to do is begin to live in it. Amen. And it is yours. Hallelujah. In verse 10 here it says, called, called, of, a, uh, called of God, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say who are hard to be uttered because you are dull of hearing. Because you are dull of hearing. I, I love this. Paul goes, of, of many things we have something to say about. We have things to say about. Who's, who's Paul talking about here? He's talking about me and the Holy Ghost, me and Jesus himself. We got a lot of things we'd like to teach you, amen, but there's a lot of things you can't grab a hold of because you're dull of hearing. You're dull of hearing. What is dull of hearing? It means you're hard of hearing. You can't hear very well, amen? Just like we talked about when we get reborn, we, when we become a Christian, listen, church, you'll, you'll find out one thing. If you are deaf, and I'm telling you, a lot of people don't like it when I say this, but if you, if you have a hearing problem, a physical hearing problem, listen, the only reason you have it is because you permit it. Hello? That's the only reason you have it is because you are permitting it to operate into your life. Now, I'm not talking about, well, I know such and such. I know this is a good Christian. I know, I know this person. I also know Smith Wigglesworth, amen, who had a daughter that uh, it was either deaf or mute, one, one of the two, or blind, one, one of the three, her whole life. Now, listen, now, did that stop Smith Wigglesworth from going out praying for people, believing God? No, no. What, what was the issue there? It was the issue of her relationship with God herself, amen. That was something she had to get worked out. It's not something that Smith could have done for her, amen. We don't, we don't judge things by the circumstances. We judge every Everything by the word of God. Everything by the word of God. I'm telling you, church, if you have hearing problems because you're choosing to allow that to exist in your life, you're choosing. Why? Because Jesus has already provided healing in you. It's already in you. It's already done. You already are the healed of God. You just need to allow that to be manifest in your life. I mean, see, this is what the word says. It's not what the church says most of the time, but this is what the word says. Healing's a done deal we got to learn how to grab a hold of it and allow it to be released on the inside of us. We need to learn how to, to allow it to grab a hold of it out of the spiritual realm and allow it manifest into this physical realm, into our flesh. And how do we do that? We do it by the leading of the Holy Ghost and by his word. Amen. But see, just like in the physical realm, how we choose to be unhealthy, amen, we choose to allow sickness and disease to come upon us. Okay. Many of these things come from a lack of knowledge, church. And I'm not trying to be hard on people. Listen, I'm not being hard. These, these are things that I've had to learn myself. Listen, and it's about time the church starts being hard on herself. Amen. Why? So we can learn and stop, stop listening to all the rubbish that's out there that says you're okay when you're not perfected. Amen. Because I'm telling you, Jesus and his finished work, he has perfected each and every one of us. Amen. And this would be something we ought to be attaining to, going after with everything we had. We, his people perish for a lack of knowledge, church. We need to study the Word of God so we can give knowledge to people. Knowledge of what the Word of God says. Not what, not what, what so-and-so denomination says. You know, knowledge of what the Word says and everything. Amen. Now, just like how we can be, have physical ailments because we choose it. Listen, it's the same in the spiritual. Amen. We don't want to learn things of God. We want to learn about healing. We want to learn about prosperity. We want to learn about the resurrection. We want to learn about being in him. We don't want to learn about these things because we're hard of hearing. We have chosen to be hard of hearing. We've chosen to listen to something else instead of the word of God. We have chosen to grab a hold of something else besides the truth. Amen. But it's a choice that you've made. 
church. It's a choice that we've made, and we need to get ourselves out of that. Amen. We need to get ourselves out of that and allow good teaching, allow the teacher, the Holy Ghost, amen, to reveal to us everything that his word says, but we got to get in it to do it. we got to be in it to do it. Amen. See, this is... This is me and, you know, Brother Melvin were talking about this, you know, uh, after the first service today, you know, in Romans 10, 17, where it says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, you know, a lot of us, you know, we just, we just run through that and we're like, faith comes by hearing the word of God. That, that's not what it says. That's not, that's not what the scriptures say. The scripture says, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Not, not necessarily hearing me, but it can be through me. But faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the rhema of God, by the spoken word of God coming and imparting some revelation into our heart. Amen. That, as that revelation comes, as we, as we study the word of God, as we're praying, as we're seeking out the things of God, God will speak something on the inside of us. It's called a rhema word. It's him. It's the Holy Ghost speaking something. And I'm telling you, when, when that comes on the inside of you, you know the Holy Ghost says, ah, you are the healed of God. I'm telling you, church, faith will ignite. Dunamis power will begin to explode. Amen. And you will be the healed of God. It's just as simple as that. Amen. We got to allow the hearing to take place. It doesn't say faith comes by the, by the deaf. Amen? The deaf, don't, the deaf don't hear. Amen? The heart of hearing don't hear. Amen? Faith comes by the people that can hear the word of God, allow it to become rhema to us, and then we can release it. Amen? To, to move in and through us in everything that we do. He says, for when... For when... <laughs> For, for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teaches you again the first principles and the oracles of God. The first principles and the oracles of God. Good Lord, the time been flying. Have I been that long, have I? Yeah, good night. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut this short here. I'll just do these last two verses here and then we'll, we'll move on. It says... For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teaches you again, which be the first principles and oracles of God. You should have come as such that you have need milk and not of strong meat. Milk, but not of strong meat. Of meat excuse me. The Lord here is saying that, that we, if we are drinkers of milk, if we are still on the bottle, listen, we are unskillful in the word of God. Amen. We're unskillful in the things of God. We're, we have no experience in the word of God. This makes us a spiritual baby. Amen. If we're still drinking on milk, we're spiritual babies. Amen. And this, uh, the, the, my pastor always told me, he said, don't ever preach anything. Don't ever preach anything that you haven't proved out. Amen. Don't preach anything that you haven't proved out. Now, what does that exactly mean? Amen. Does that mean that you have to have everything manifest in your life before you can actually go out and preach it? Amen. Does that mean, what if you go lay hands on 100 people for healing and not one of them get healed? Does that mean that the Bible's a liar? Huh? What if you give and you're given and you're given and, you ha- and what you've been believing God for to come back to you so you can sow into this or that? If it hadn't come yet, does that, does that make the Bible a liar? No. But say if we say if we can't preach what we prove, what do we prove? Anything that's in the Word of God is proved out. It's, it's already been established. It's, it's, already, it's already been done. Amen. We don't, we don't build ourselves on circumstances. Amen. We build ourselves on the word. I mean, because circumstances will get you off track. They'll get you, they'll get you in the ditch. 
They'll get you to where you're not hearing from God, when you're not yielding to God. They will, they will get you into the place, I'm telling you, church, where you'll get yourself in some serious trouble. Amen. We do not rely on circumstances in our life. Because I'm telling you, when you begin to stand in faith, I'm telling you, the adversary will come after you. Amen. He'll try to stop you. He'll try to get you out of that place where you're believing. Amen. But what do you got to do? If you get pain in your body, oh, by the stripes I'm healed. Oh, well, I still feel like I have the pain in my body. It doesn't matter. You are healed. You are healed. See, it doesn't matter what the circumstance, it doesn't matter what you're feeling. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. It matters what the word says. Amen. Listen, I'll give you this example. Many of y'all know who uh, William Seymour is. I mean, he started the Azusa Street, uh, thank you, Lord, the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California. Amen. Well, there was this, there was this other fella named Charles Parnum, amen, that was sitting there, that he was believing God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See, this was, this was back in the, in the late 1800s, early, uh, it was late 1800s. Amen. When, when the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not where we, where it is like right now, to where everyone in here is probably baptized in the Holy Ghost. If not, come up here after service and you'll get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. But listen, it wasn't like it is right now, amen, to where we all have the freedom. We know these things. We get praying in the Spirit. Amazing things are happening. Gifts of the Spirit are moving. All kinds of great things are happening. Listen, it was because of men like that, amen, when, when things were dead, they, they stood for the Word of God. They said, man, you know, I'm looking here in Acts, and man, this says that I can do this. I can get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Man, I'm looking here in 1 Corinthians 12, and it says these gifts of the Spirit ought to be working through me. Why aren't these things working? Amen. And the Holy Ghost starts leading them, saying, you need to be believing for this. Believe for this. Believe for this. Amen. He started believing for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He had a little school. He was teaching teaching some kids in the school or some young adults in the school. And he went off to, to preach a meeting. And when he came back, the, the whole school was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He didn't come back and be like, oh, I can't believe how you get baptized in the Holy Ghost before me. I'm the one preaching on it. I'm the one teaching on it. How come I'm not the one receiving it? See, that's not why he handled it. See, we, we need to mind how we handle the things of God, church. Amen. No, he can say, man, what's it like? Pray in the Spirit for me. What's it like? Speak in tongues for me. What, what does it sound like? What does it feel like when the Holy Ghost comes upon you? He started asking these questions. Started, started believing. What did he do? He continued preaching it. Continued preaching it. And what happened? A couple weeks later, the Holy Ghost fell upon him. I mean, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Went down to Houston, Texas, uh, Houston, Texas and met a, a man named William Seymour. Amen. He heard this wonderful message. Heard a man pray in tongues. Like, man, this is awesome. This is what I want. He started uh, uh, after part Barnum left. He started preaching it in the church. He was one of the elders. Started preaching in the church. They kicked him out. Said, man, I don't want that stuff here. He was like, okay, I'll leave. Because the word says it. I believe it. I'm, and I'm going after it. Well, if you had it, you don't have that experience. You can't say anything about that. <laughs> no, it's not about the experience, honey. It's about what the word of God says. Amen. And he was believing and believing and believing. Well, I wound up in, in California. Preached the word. Got, he got relieved of his duties of a few churches out there and started up in a and, and like a barn feed store type of place. And I'm telling you, started, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, started preaching this, and I'm telling you, it brought forth an amazing revival across the U.S. that, that affected South Africa, that affected all kinds of places around this world. Why? For people believing in something they never had yet. I'm telling you, yeah, you need healing in your body. It don't matter what you feel like. It matters what the Word says, amen? Begin to believe what the Word of God says and push back upon your feelings. Who cares about your feelings, amen? Those, your feelings are a liar, amen? I'm telling you, we need to begin to believe what the Word of God says, amen? Listen, we need to, we need to study the Word of God. 
Amen? I'll, I'll end with these last few points. We need to study the Word of God, church. And I'm talking about not just, oh, I brought my Bible to church. Glory to God, you need to be bearing your Bible to church. Amen. But you need to start putting out a program for yourself. Discipline yourself and learn the Word of God. See, if you, if you want to build a, fa- a strong foundation in your life, if you want the Spirit of God to move, if you want to be able to believe for something and not be led by your emotions and by your feelings, church, you're going to have to get in the Word. You're going to have to study the Word. You're going to have to meditate on the Word. Amen. See, when you say meditate, a lot of people, they start thinking of Eastern religion. Now, Eastern religion, when they say meditate, they mean get everything out. Why? So they can get filled up with all kinds of demons, right? See, that's not Christian meditation. Christian meditation means you fill yourself up with the Word of God and you let it roll and roll and roll over your head, roll over a verse, roll over a word, and let it go over and over and over. Come at it from this angle. Come at it from that angle. See what the Holy Ghost leads you to a different scripture and let it roll and and roll and roll and roll and roll. Church, we need to be meditators on the Word of God. This is, this, is, this is where the Holy Ghost will start revealing things to you. He'll start speaking things to you. He'll start explaining what words mean and, and what verses mean and how, and how wrong some things that we may have been taught over the years. This is, this is how I came to the angle I am because this isn't the way I was originally taught. Amen. But the Holy Ghost says you meditate in the word and let him to roll over in you. He'll be, he is the greatest teacher and he will help lead you and guide you into these things. Church, we need to, we need to pray. Amen. Just like you need to set aside a certain time of day to, to study the word of God for a little bit. I'm not talking about, you know, six hours a day. I'm talking just, just get in the word. If it's a couple verses, it's a, if it's a chapter, it's a book, whatever, whatever fancies you, but start somewhere. Amen? But the same thing with prayer. We need to get into that prayer closet. We need to not just, not just pray. Oh, I prayed in the Spirit for 15 minutes on my way to work. Now, now, now you set aside a time to pray. Amen? I'm telling you, I anoint a place every, every time I started doing this. I anoint a place in my house, and I go there. I say, Lord, this is, this is our place. This is where we're coming to commune every day. Amen? And that he know, I'm telling you, when I, he knows when I walk in, I get down my knees in front of that place, it's on. Amen. And the, and, the, and, the, and the throne is opened up and we can begin to communicate and talk with one another. We need to pray. Amen. We need to sit under anointed teaching, church. Hmm? Not just the things that make you feel good. Things that are anointed by the Spirit of God that challenge us. That change us. That build us up. Amen. To where we can be the strong army that we were just singing about earlier, the strong army that God's calling us to be to to reign in authority here on this earth, amen? And lastly, exercise yourself in the word of God. Exercise it. You know, a bodybuilder just doesn't just go lift a few times and say, yeah, I'm a bodybuilder. No, it takes time, amen? We need to exercise it. We need to place our faith in the word of God and begin to exercise it. Believe God for things. Listen, we don't have to believe God for things all the time. Listen, you need, you need a house, you need a car. Glory to God. Believe God for those things. That's amazing. But listen, we can also believe for salvations. We can believe for healings for people. We can believe for deliverances for people. We can believe for this church to begin to grow. You can believe for the church in Dundalk to, to, to grow and, and flourish. You can, you can believe God for all kinds of different things. Grab all the word, start believing God, and allow these things to manifest in your life. Amen? Is that good for you today? All right, well, let's pray and we'll dismiss and get out of here. Amen. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you. We thank you for your goodness. 
We thank you. You are so good for us. You, you care for us, Lord. You, you give us the rebukes where we need a rebuke. You give us encouragement where we need encouragement, Lord. And you consistently do it in love, Lord. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. I thank you, Lord, for, for each and every person that's, that's hearing these things today, Lord, that they are beginning to grow in the things of God, taking hold of your word, taking hold of your goodness, Lord, and beginning to walk in it, Lord, beginning to mature themselves as, as men and women of God, Lord, beginning to mature themselves in foundation. And, and the foundations, Lord, that they'll become a teacher, Lord. Lord, not may, maybe not a five-fold minister teacher, Lord, but they'll begin to be teachers, Lord, to be able to teach their children, teach their neighbors, teach the people at the grocery store, teach the people they come in contact with, teach people at their job places, Lord, that they can fulfill the call on their lives, Lord. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We thank you, Lord, and we say on Psalms 91, that is a tradition of Island Church, Lord, that, that we de decree and declare that no evil will befall us, Lord. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place, Lord, for you give your angels charge of us to bear us up in their hands. At least we dash our foot against the stone, and we say that, Lord, we can, we can declare those things because we are people that are committed to the secret place of the Most High, Lord. We, we are committed to getting in your presence, being led by you and everything that we do, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for a wonderful Sunday. We thank you for a wonderful evening with the family here. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you, Lord, that here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood, we are empowered by the word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen.